We all know the damage that fires are capable of. What we don't always understand is the cause, behavior, and what to do in the aftermath of a fire. Today, you'll understand these aspects just a little bit more. Welcome to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. We will give you tips on fire prevention, how to deal with insurance matters, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Donna and Mike. Hello and welcome to Speaking of Fire. This is your host, Mike Slatman. I'm an expert in fire investigations and honored to be a past president of the International Association of Arson Investigators. And I've been uh, actually being an investigator for over 45 years. And this is Donna Ingram. I have almost 30 years in fire and fraud. And I'm a past director of the International Association of Arson Investigators. And welcome to Speaking of Fire. Yes. Today, we are privileged to have a couple of people that are professionals in, a, in an area where we um, have, have not uh, gone before in, in one of our shows, and that's restoration and remodeling and emergency services. And this is, these people can help you if you have a fire loss or can help fire investigators uh, get the emergency services they, they need. And what we have is Rodney Todd. And he works for Bell for the uh, um, restoration and he'll uh, property restoration. And he's a general manager um, for the Kansas City, Kansas office, and also the Wichita, Kansas office. And uh, has been in, in in this field for a long time. I met him uh, when he was uh, with an, a show, an unnamed uh, insurance. Uh, uh, carrier where uh, we did a lot of fire investigations together and and he was a, a manager there um, and say uh, Rodney welcome to speaking of fire hey thanks for having me guys well thank you and uh, we've been a f- friends for a long time so we won't be uh, we won't be telling all of our stories about the the the, the drinking team that used to be a bowling team but that's what I did anyway and then we also have uh, Julie Mercer who is with Paul Davis Restoration and Remodeling and uh, she's down in Springfield Missouri and she's been uh, in the insurance uh, restorations uh, industry since 1998 Um, and she's she's done a lot of things with Business uh, Network International Regional Alliance she's an assistant area director and a member of the success uh, program trainer uh, she's um, uh, certified in water damage restoration, and uh, and she's uh, she's a professional, and and both of these people will be able to to help you uh, if you have a loss. I also want to add about Julie. She is one of the driving forces down in southern Missouri and in, in Arkansas for the 9/11 memorial uh, mm. stair climb event, and I want her to talk a little bit about that. Welcome, Julie. Oh, welcome. Good afternoon, you guys. Thank you so much for the invitation. Well, thank you for being here. Um, we'll start with Rodney, and then we'll go over to Julie, um, and then you'll t- you can talk about uh, – that's a very worthy cause, by the way, Julie, very. that you're involved in. Uh, Rodney, um, you used to be a, a – like a, you do, used to do a, a lot of stuff for, for an insurance carrier, and, um, and then you left – um, you investigated and you settled claims and, and all that stuff, and then you left and went over to, uh, uh, to the restoration side. Why did you do that? Well, I've been in this business about 31 years now, and the first 11 of it was with a carrier. Um, I really enjoyed doing that. I felt like I was helping people, 
and in a crisis situation, it always seemed to be, and uh, and I just felt like uh, it was time for a change where I could help people even more. So I jumped the fence and went into the restoration business to actually uh, be hands-on and, and help them all the way through the process rather than, you know, just settling it and writing a check. So that was yeah, pretty much the reason. Yeah, well, you did, you've done so well because, and by the way, any fire investigators out there, Balfour is a, a, um, you know, a, a national company, as is Paul Davis, and uh, you can call people in your area. But um, you've helped me out, and I think the latest one that was a big one you you guys helped me out on, and who do I call when, when I need something, is is Rodney Todd uh, at Balfour. And what it is, in, 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 in uh, northern Missouri, we had a big fire loss, and it was the night before Thanksgiving. And so there's a lot of people that don't want to work uh, because the next day is, is Thanksgiving and they're all ready for their family things. And who do I call? Rodney Todd. And I needed emergency fencing. I needed uh, the city wanted a whole bunch of stuff get, to get done. We had to protect this building so that, so that people wouldn't be injured. And you sent the guy right out, didn't you, Rodney? Yeah, sure did. We're uh, in the 24-7 business. I mean, Nothing ever happens when uh, you want it to or when it's convenient, it doesn't seem like. So we have to be ready at all times. Yeah. Well, and also uh, talking about that with I've seen down in southern Missouri with Julie is the the area down there sustained a lot of flooding and things that were going on and, and damage to buildings. So even separate from fire and Julie, I know that you guys were working 24-7, getting out there, protecting those buildings too. Oh, absolutely. Whatever the need may be, uh, assessing content, uh, board up, securing property, so many different times where they might feel helpless or not know what to do after they've talked with insurance. Maybe it's covered, maybe it's not, especially when it's not or if it is, we want to help those folks. Right, and, and so, uh, and, and Rod, uh, you, um, now I call you when I need some emergency stuff, and if I need some, uh, like, uh, you know, some kind of a crane, or I need something to, to excavate a building if I'm doing a fire investigation, you guys do that too, correct? We, we do. Um, we've, Belfort's got roughly 120 offices scattered across the United States and Canada, so we've, we've got a lot of relationships with various equipment suppliers um, and fencing companies, whatever uh, the case may be. But we, we actually are start to finish. We do uh, restoration work all the way to the reconstruction. Um, so it's, it's kind of that one-call, one-stop shop uh, effect. But, um, yeah, we do all that. We'll do board-ups. Uh, we do uh, water extractions, dry-outs. Uh, no job too big, no job too small. So uh, no, who, it's who, great working for a company that has those kind of resources uh, because anybody's just one one call away. I want the listeners to know that you know there there are a couple of companies out there that are well known. I'm not going to give them free advertising <laughs> and mention who they are, but uh, Julie, what is your role? I mean, after a fire, what, what, let's scale it back a little bit and, and tell the fire service audience and the general public what really is a restoration and remodeling company? What's your bulk role? 
bulk roles include just obviously being available 24-7. A lot of what Rodney said is the same and very true for us. And basically taking that chaos, taking that damage, that un you know, that event that happened that nobody planned and, and helping them along the way. Uh, peace of mind. Peace of mind top first and foremost and, and, and safety. Um, a lot of folks have never encountered, whether it's water or it's fire. How can we help them? What is the next step? Overwhelming. They're in shock. We've got a lot of psychological things going on, emotions. Um, they just sometimes can't think clearly. And so to be able to guide them along the way or to be able to offer assurance or help, uh, maybe that's through the fire service of a relationship, maybe that's with the local agent or their insurance company or carrier on how those things just kind of build a little trust. We're strangers, but we're responding in a knowledgeable expert fashion to be able to help these folks with maybe just that very next step. But yes, like Rodney mentioned, all the way through, um, we're both very similar um, in company thinking of being able to be that one call where they don't have to deal with four or five different people or four or five different restoration contractors. One person to help them along the way that's familiar with everything from maybe the very first time they arrive and what emergency services are needed all the way to the completion or the rebuilding back of their of their property and also for their commercial structure. No difference. That business is very important as well. And so what are the needs and the immediate needs that we can help help with? So let me ask you both, who usually contacts you? Um, a variety of ways on how we can be contacted. It can be the homeowner direct. It can be an insurance agent, an insurance adjuster. It can be a, a third-party administrator, the TPAs. It can be a, a, a fire service. It can be an inst- in, um, incident commander. So many different ways of how. We're on a lot of direct repair programs. We work with all carriers. So there's a variety of ways of how. The main thing is being able to contact them. We feel personally, on-site, face-to-face, start that process of helping provide peace of mind. Yeah, and Rod, uh, in commercial losses, I'm glad Julie brought that up. In commercial losses, uh, what's what's the frequency of uh, of the carrier calling you or the individual business owner who calls? Well, I you wanted first? to let I, I wanted to let Julie go first because ladies first. But um, <laughs> in in any event, uh, we get various kind of calls. I mean, we have a lot of national accounts, um, and I won't name them, but we get calls from various companies directly. Uh, we may not even know who the insurance carrier is until somebody shows up uh, to, to inspect the loss with us. Um, and that may be after we've already started the emergency services work, the mitigation, uh, the fencing, the board ups, whatever it is that we needed to do. Um, but, but we also do get calls from insurance adjusters that we've worked with in the past that may have a situation that's uh, a little unusual. Most of the time the carriers aren't hiring us directly. Um, it's the, the client themselves, the insured, that's had the loss that needs to sign the contracts and, and uh, that we're actually working for. But it does help with the experience that I've had in the past is, is I know what that adjuster needs, what the questions are going to be, uh, so I can kind of help the, the uh, client through that to be prepared for when that adjuster does get there. Um, but TPAs also, we, we're on a lot of different programs. Uh, I think the insurance industry is changing uh, away, f- again, from having on-site adjusters all the time, and they're, they're utilizing our expertise and services to help them 
uh, by by having a desk adjuster handle a claim for them, uh, and us be the eyes and and ears and write the estimates and do all that kind of thing. So, uh, like Julie says, many different ways. Uh, you just never know. Sometimes it's a fire department calling because you, they need a board up uh, uh, before the investigators get there to protect the scene and, and keep people out of it and make sure the, the evidence is secure. Well, it's, for those that don't uh, know what a TPA is, will you tell them what a TPA is, a third-party administrator? Yeah, third-party administrator is basically a, a business that is out there that, that may work for multiple different uh, clients, um, maybe different uh, chain of stores, or, or uh, they may be a, 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 what I call the program where um, the insurance companies actually are clients of the program uh, company, and they, they pay them to help gather qualified, uh, qualified restoration companies in a particular area that may not be serviceable uh, for for other companies, just who's in the area, kind of thing. So, so they basically are the the between uh, person between the the insurance company, uh, the restoration company, and the client. I got gotcha. you. Okay, so all right, so uh, now is there a um, okay? So let's say that we have a. An insured. It, it, this this uh, this poor person. It's the middle of the night. Um, he's got a fire in his basement. The fire department comes and puts it out. Now he's got water all over the place, and uh, and he's and he just doesn't know what to do. And he's called his insurance agent, and he's even called his insurance carrier and they, and reported the loss. But he this is now, and uh, and he wants to. He wants to to get on this before all the mold eats his uh, his uh, gypsum board in the basement. Uh, so they can uh, they can call you guys just uh, by how they get you. They get you out of the phone book or what? Julie, you want to um, go first? Oh, sure. Um, well, again, the answer, again, is a lot of different resources, obviously, being online capabilities that way um, through different carriers. A lot of times when they call that carrier, even if they're reporting it at 2 a.m., a lot of times even that first desk adjuster or claims representative might have a list of what we're talking about as approved vendors, which we would be on. They could be listed as that. Sometimes they will offer to go ahead and contact them for the insured because maybe we just borrowed somebody's cell phone. We're standing out, you know, in the middle of the front yard. And so that kind of gets the claim process going, if you will, for us to be notified at 2 a.m. We specialize and prioritize in knowing that every phone call made to Paul Davis is by a live answer, like a live person. And so at 2 a.m., we have a live answering service that will do a soft rollover to our on-call project manager that would then take action to see what those needs are or where we need to be, even if it's just you know, we need to, to go out there. Homeowner doesn't have access to a phone, but we'd be able to go with just a simple address to start seeing what the needs are that we need to do. Do we need to tarp something? Do we need to board up? Do we need to secure the property? Do we need fencing? What are those things that we have? And so we fully stock board up trailers and have access, access to a lot of things, even though stores may be closed, so that we can fully stabilize and secure property. Maybe we need to be removing some immediate needs of content or helping them make some decisions. We've got a great Red Cross program down here, but we could also be asked to maybe help with some assistance on where they could stay 24-7 or get them placement. It just kind of depends upon what the needs are. We're all trained and have relationships with our local 
you know, companies here and, and partners, if you will, just to make sure that that type of thing is well taken care of so that we can start explaining or kind of understand. It may just be a simple board up or a tarping to secure the property and then maybe look at something, you know, when the sun comes up the next morning or maybe an adjuster might give us a call or something like that. Each need is very individualized. And so we just listen and see what we can do immediately. But responding is always a must and we always do try to always do that. Sometimes the homeowner may think, oh, it's 2 a.m., let's wait until tomorrow until my agent opens. Well, we'd like to just say there's no problem at all for us to come out. Let's just let us go ahead and make sure that the property is safe, you have what you need, that we can help carry on just to provide everything that they might need at that time. Now, I'm glad that you have a, a human being answer the phone instead of one of those computers no. that I know. Now, Absolutely. what I do, I just go right around that and, and just call Rodney Todd on his <clears> cell phone <throat> and wake him up at 2 o'clock in the morning. That, that works, too. I'm, yeah, I yeah. happens to me. Yeah, that works, too. <laughs> I'm happy to respond and happy to help out. No, I'm, sure I, I'm just happy. I'm happy when Mike calls me at 2 in the morning and it's actually yeah. work. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's not a, uh, <laughs> can you come and get me? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> now, can you uh, the good old days. Oh, we said we weren't going to talk about those stories. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking um, about. Yeah, as, as as far as Belfort goes, uh, we, we, we actually take it just a, a tad bit further. Our home office is in Michigan, and uh, so we have Belfort employees that answer the phone 24-7. So we have a an actual training situation for the person answering that phone so they know what questions need to be asked, um, and it's not just an answering service out there. Uh, we, we used to utilize it, an answering service, but a lot of times the information wasn't uh, being asked the, the, or the questions weren't being asked to get us the information so we're prepared the first time when we go out there. So um, that's really worked out well. We also have people on call uh, at the local offices, um, two to three, and if the call gets to me, I'm usually number four, and, and that when they wake me up, I, I can be kind of grumpy at times. But um, anyway, uh, that's, that's kind of how it works, but we have warehouses at every location prepared with, uh, you know, plywood, tarps, whatever the case may be, all of our equipment. And we try to ask those questions up front the first time, and then the on-call person gets back in touch with the the client with the loss and uh, we go from there right that's great i uh i can tell uh from talking to both of you and i've known you both for quite a bit uh how passionate you are about this and it reminded me julie i wanted to ask you about the stair climb and if you could share a little bit i know those go across the nation but you're involved in the one in southern missouri Yes, I am involved in the one, the Springfield Area Memorial Stair Climb, and like you mentioned, there are several around, and it's our fifth year, it's the fifth year of the stair climb, and it's climbed, uh, well, this year will be all six years, or five years, and it's just an amazing way, it's an amazing opportunity to be able to honor the 343 fallen of 9-11, and not only that, but to help out the families, um, not only of 9-11, but all fallen firefighters' families through the uh, National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. And we hold the event every year, usually in the month of September. And this year is going to be at Silver Dollar City in Branson, Missouri. 
And it's a wonderful, wonderful way to come for recognition and to um, continue to educate uh, folks. I think now our our folks that are a freshman, you know, are being educated. They're freshmen now, born that year of 9-11. And so it's an educational process. It's a way to honor and to memorialize several uh, companies come together to help us partner and sponsor. And our goal is obviously to raise and to help with 343 climbers so that everyone, uh, everyone wears a lanyard with a badge of a fallen firefighter. And it's just a great way to spend the day honoring honoring those fallen. So if anybody would like any additional information, the great way to do that is off on our website, www.springfieldmemorialstairclimb.org. There's information on how to register to climb. Just come enjoy, take in, the, take in and learn um, a lot of different ways to help or to be a part of this event. That's awesome. Yeah, well, tell so for the people that are not familiar with it, what exactly happens at a stair climb? You you sign up and you're going to climb. What is it? A climb a a, a, a story building. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, so explain it. Explain it. Absolutely, many many different ways. There's videos on there as well, but it's 110 stories total. Now, obviously, in the Silver Dollar City or even in our area, we don't really have anything that tall, but that's equivalent, you know, to the number of stories. Um, in the Twin Towers, and so it's not timed. Um, we usually, pipe and drums will lead us in to the Echo Hollow at Silver Dollar City, and so through that amphitheater, it's an open outdoor amphitheater, about six times there's a course that's kind of outlined, and again, you follow um, the person in front of you, and you've got firefighters. Our, our climb is open to the public as well as the fire service, so you'll have folks um, there that are in full, complete gear, um, and then people wearing the climb shirt. Each registrant gets a T-shirt, and it's just a way carrying the climb or carrying the fallen firefighter to honor them. And about six times through, uh, we ring a bell um, to honor them, mention their name, uh, guest speaker, so many different things. And it's again, our website will have videos on it as well. We had it over our city last year, but just a great way to to spend the morning, uh, usually at 8:30 kind of have an opening ceremony and then do the climb and usually we're complete by 11, 11.30. So again, not timed. It's not anybody's taken count of the number of steps, but uh, we just climb through the amphitheater. Several will have them in, oh, hotels. You can have them in stairways. Um, each climb could be a little bit different and depending upon the location, but this works out really well. We're very fortunate to be able to partner with Silver Dollar City to bring the event. So that can can people, general public and companies, if they want to sponsor, can they uh, get in touch and, and do that through the website or Absolutely. get a hold? Absolutely, you can do that through the website. You can call me direct. Uh, you can reach out to us. The website's the main avenue or stream just simply because we all have full-time, full-time jobs as well and we volunteer to do this. We're also very passionate on the steering committee. Um, about the climb. And yes, you can uh, participate, come to learn. Uh, Silver Dollar City, um, just admission. If you have a season pass, you're in, you know, automatically or come in to, in to join us. It's $35 to climb. If you're in the fire service, there is no charge. It's completely free. What, do you, what happens to the money? Oh, a lot of that, what we do is we work with the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. And through those resources from camps to help kids, to help families with schooling, education, counseling, anything of the services that they need um, to get back on track, to help them and aid and guide them at the loss of their family member, whether that's a mother, brother, sister, father, you name it, in the fire service. 
Yeah, I know that's a very valuable thing, and and I know the fire service uh, appreciates so much the support. And Rodney, I know your company is also involved with uh, claims associations and fire departments, and and uh, and also supporting the fire service, police, etc. Is that right? That's that's uh, correct. In fact, just uh, earlier this month, we fed all the Kansas City, Kansas uh, Police Department on Police Appreciation Day. So uh, oh, it's amazing the number of times mm-hmm. that uh, the police department has a chance to give us a call to, to help them out in a situation. But uh, just a little way we could give back for one day out of the year for all that they do for us. That's terrific. Uh, and um, and I know you've worked with a lot of fire investigators, too. Um, and and you you guys are open. Both of you are open to uh, our calls. At, at that uh, now, generally, the private fire investigators are getting an assignment during the daytime, and we're having we're able to uh, to um, to call. Uh, and so uh, and then and then you get you're able to marshal resources. Now, of course, the one in that I was talking about up in uh, in the northern Missouri that was an immediate thing in an evening, and so. I know you guys respond all the time. We've stayed there uh, till I don't know, it was like two o'clock in the morning, um, having uh, having responded there in the early afternoon, and uh, they're still putting up fencing and trying to protect these buildings. I know you guys do a wonderful, valuable service. Now, we also want to, um, it, I want you to think about something. We're gonna have to go to break here in a moment. But I want you to think about a wonderful, what you think is a good example of some of the stuff that you've done, maybe a, a case that you responded to, some way that you've been able to help people, both of you, please, uh, in a dire circumstance. Um, and, uh, and if you could think about that. And then in the second, we'll come back to that. And then uh, after the break. And then the other thing is, too, is what kind of services do each one of your, your companies uh, do to help people uh, restore their houses because it says i mean you know it's restoration and, and remodeling too um what kind what kind of things do you do to help them and go ahead no that i, I was going to say i know julie has and i'm sure rodney does too after all these years uh, our our world has changed a bit and i know she has a story to share that people need to an awareness story, right, Julie? <laughs> when yeah. we when we come back from the break, yeah. Well, that's absolutely. a good that's a good teaser because I have no idea what you're talking about, good. and, and <laughs> neither does anybody else. <laughs> I, I, I try to keep it that way. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it's it's not about being uh it's it's not about being surreptitious. It's just about my lack of understanding. Yeah. That's what you're telling me. Yes. Now, yes. this is great information, and I'm so glad that the two of you are on the show today. And we can go ahead and take the break now and then come back. Yeah, okay. So so let's do that. Um, so when you come back, ladies and gentlemen, come back to Speaking of Fire. easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Fire Consulting International provides consulting and expert fire origin and cause investigations. Our experienced, certified fire investigators have specialized skills to meet litigation requirements. 
We also provide peer review of reports for other investigative firms to assure they meet NFPA guidelines and ASTM standards. Educational classes and CEU classes are also provided. For professional investigations, contact Fire Consulting International at fcifire.com or call 913-262-5200. Fireanalysis.net offers cutting-edge, comprehensive programs unique to the insurance industry. Our vendor vetting assures regulatory compliance with the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, NFPA guidelines, and ASTM standards. We ensure that investigators' reports are in compliance with those standards. We also offer comprehensive programs to assure compliance with your company guidelines. Please contact fireanalysis.net. That's fireanalysis.net. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlappman and Donna Ingram. To call in to today's show, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to connect at speakingoffire.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Speaking of Fire. Thanks for joining us. Before the break, we asked uh, both Rodney and Julie to think of a time, uh, uh, some type of an incident that uh, showed what they do and in in a good story. So, Julie, I wanted to start with you because I know you and I have talked about uh, something that I think the public needs to be aware, especially in, in the way our world is. Yes, uh, every situation is a very delicate situation. Every situation is very genuine and sincere. And, and you know, you just never know how or where relationships take you or where people, the trust factor, I really call it, comes in. And, and particularly in the fire service of, of seeing us out on boarding up by maybe being called out by an insurance carrier or agent, adjuster, you know, you develop relationships. And then some of the community work that we do to give back to the fire service. This one in particular was was a call to be able to say, okay, we had a, fire situation on the house. It's a very typical. We were called out, called out by the insurance company to do a board up. At that time, it was just board up, nothing inside. Um, slowly, you kind of learn that it's going to become a, a crime scene. Board up, leave, no problem, called out by again by the insurance company. But then later, very, very few hours later, to be called uh, by a fire chief to see if we would be able to help respond to remove the water that was used to put out the fire. Um, again, trying to see how we might be able to be of help for investigation, crime scene, um, investigators to be able to determine what they need to determine on uh, when they would arrive. And so that, that call that night was very late or early in the morning, but ran into the morning and just different types of ways of how we can be of help and be of service. So a lot of what we do, obviously, is responding to those immediate needs of individuals um, and businesses to be able to help them right away, no different than helping out the fire service. And in this way, we were able to remove or extract the water from the basement for them to be prepared so that they could continue with their investigation right early in the morning. So many different ways, and that kind of brings about, like you were talking about, awareness. Um, on a street, are we safe? What are we looking at? People driving by. It hadn't made the news, fortunately, but what if it had? And you just, you just don't know. So great being able to be a partner with these folks to see us as trustworthy, 
be able to know that, yes, in fact, we were very safe, but what a vital role that we had in that one instance to be able to say, hey, this is, this is what we need to get done so that we can continue on to, to give closure to find out exactly kind of what was going on to the next step. That's great. Um, and, and Rodney, I want to talk to you about your, your story too, but I want to uh, right now at this juncture uh, talk to you for a moment about evidence spoliation. Uh, on crime scenes and fire scenes with uh, with uh, fire and police, and they go in there first and they do their their evaluation. And if it's a if it's a crime, that's one set of things. But if it's not a crime, the private investigators are in there also um, to to determine the cause of the fire. And what kind of steps, Rodney, does your company do to make sure that they're not uh, spoliating the scene, you know, not, not taking things out and throwing things out that shouldn't be there, uh, I mean, shouldn't be moved? Well, uh, typically the, the city fire investigator, the, the state fire investigator, whatever, are going to be there first, and they don't let us in no matter what. Um, right. And they'll also uh, barricade off any particular area that we need to stay out of. Um, tape it off, whatever. Uh, all of our guys actually uh, carry fire tape, uh, emergency tape, whatever you want to call it, on their vehicles so we can, A, keep everybody else safe, keep people out of certain areas, uh, or in this situation that you brought up, to make sure that our own guys don't go in a particular area and uh, ruin any evidence or anything like that. Uh, know that we, we actually when we're out there helping you fire investigators, a lot of times we'll help uh, the engineers or whomever uh, arrange for safekeeping of evidence as well in our mm-hmm. warehouse um, and chain of custody and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, and, yes, and, and I do know that. Do you have a story for us that um, that you wanted to impart to our general public? Uh, there's, there, there's all kinds, but the one that, that jumps out at me uh, right now is kind of along the lines of the phone call that you gave me uh, on Thanksgiving. It was one New Year's Eve that uh, one of our national accounts, uh, a church in downtown uh, Kansas City, Missouri, it was a historic area, uh, with an attached daycare to it, had caught fire, uh, turns out because of a heating and cooling uh, technician that was, was there working on a, on a unit, and it, it caught fire and actually destroyed... Uh, a historic church, but the daycare was attached to it. Um, fortunately, no kids were there, but as you can imagine, uh, 50, 60 kids, uh, parents are, are on vacation or whatever, and they're going to have to go back to work, and they have no place for their kids to go to daycare. So we uh, quarantined off the daycare area, made sure that it was safe. The health department came in um, to, to make sure that everything was good, but we we virtually cleaned that entire daycare within about two days and were able to get the, the kids going to daycare again. And at the same time, uh, everything was safe, and uh, we boarded up the church, and it ended up uh, being a really bad fire. I think they totaled it. But uh, in any event, it was, it was kind of nice to have that feeling that we succeeded in, in making the lives of all those families better because they didn't have to worry about where they were going to take their kids. Okay, well, that, that's really that's really good. Um, yeah, they, see, we we work all these different kinds of losses that people have, and I don't think um, 
Well, we've, we've talked a lot about fire stuff, but there's there's other kinds of losses that you have. Uh, Julie was talking about flooding. Uh, Donna brought it up about the Southern Missouri flooding. And, and uh, there's also things like in commercial buildings, they'll have a sprinkler system uh, freeze up and, and, uh, and break and, and cause a lot of water damage and stuff. And that... Um, and what kind of stuff uh, do you guys, and I guess we'll, we'll go, uh, it's Julie's turn, so we'll talk with Julie. <laughs> Julie, well, you got a, you got a sprinkler, uh, sprinkler system, and, you, and they, they've turned off the sprinkler now, right? And now wow. you've got all this water. What kind, how do you mitigate that kind of damage from getting worse? Absolutely, and, and timing is of the key. And the quicker, obviously, um, the more response. And, and you want that, number one, again, everything comes back to a lot of peace of mind and knowing someone is coming, someone is on site. Uh, a lot of times when you're talking about water, depending upon the source, or like you mentioned clear water or sprinkler line, it's obviously going to affect a lot of the room or floors or rooms. And so being able to remove, assess, Act and respond quickly will also help a lot of times in the restoration, salvaging uh, content, um, which obviously then, you know, people like, we like our stuff. We want our stuff back. doesn't matter if that's fire or water related, but in this instance of a water, we responded to a, a medical facility, three-story medical facility, and like you said, it's always 2, 1, 2 a.m., um, and had the sprinkler on exactly what I had, a three, three stories. And a uh, doctor's office, of course, they had appointments the next day, but you kind of see what or how you can and what you can do, but you're looking at removing, you know, items and content that are affected into unaffected areas. Is there, is there any unaffected areas? And if not, then how do we inventory it? How do we secure it, move it, pack it, and get it off-site so that we can begin to do the work that we need to do? And just kind of a lot of extraction and... and you know, what we need to do with drying equipment to dry it properly, obviously avoiding or having no mold or mildew, and then being able to utilize the services. Again, that full service kind of comes back in that both Rodney and I, you know, share in that with our services of being able to have one person or have that full service capabilities to see them along the way. And having enough crew, uh, crew technicians, um, people to be able to respond is, is huge as well. So no job too small or too large, being able to handle it at any time of the day so that we can get them back into a, say, in this particular situation, we were able to utilize, even if it was the optical, they could still see some patients, but then where and how else can they work on things where we're helping mitigate and dry out the facility? And I can imagine, Rodney, especially with you, uh, with your history as a, a multi-line adjuster and so forth, restoration companies out there and the things that they do, the quicker they get out there, <clears throat> particularly in water and fire, and mitigate, that is heating off serious amounts of damage and monies for the insurance company, is it not? Well, that's that's absolutely correct. And, and uh Getting out there, getting getting moving, is the thing that uh, saves the insurance companies money, um, as well as uh, the, the various different media that we store information on anymore. Um, at Belfort, we have uh, electronic specialists and also document restoration people. We have our own barometric chamber. Uh, we can dry out documents from medical records to anything valuable and important to each in individual client. Um, so, yeah, having those, those specialists uh, available to you uh, at, at the drop of a hat is, is really critical for the insurance companies, and that's what they like us to do because they want to save as much 
of their own money as uh, save as much of uh, the property of the clients that we deal with. How much do you charge per page to dry out uh, paper? Because I spilled some coffee this morning. I was coming <laughs> out there. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna buy you a new piece of paper. I think that might be cheaper. Yeah, that, yeah that, I'd like to get a ream, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I, well, I got. Uh, look, if we, if my doctor's office burns, will you promise not to say my records, okay? Because I don't want anybody to know about my wart removal. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I got a lot of wart. You just put that out internationally. That's great. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, if it, well, if it was true, it would have been better. Rodney, you bring this out of him. I don't know what to say. Uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Boy, do I have stories that I wish I could tell. <laughs> Remember, we have a deal. All right, so. Well, and, and here's something. I haven't something. cashed the check yet. <laughs> I want to put out there, um, having been in myself in the insurance industry for almost 30 years and sat in several different seats with, with different job titles also, and have been fortunate when we talk about saving money and saving insurance monies, what we're really talking about is saving you, insureds, me as an insured, people, money in premium. And I know everybody's going, no, my rates go up every year, da, da, da. Well, guess what? So is the cost of remodeling and rebuilding and all these things. And uh, we have more, um, we have bigger pools of people and and this is all regulated, but these losses are massive and they, they cost a lot of money. And so when we talk about getting out there and trying to prevent further damage, whether it be water, fire, you know, et cetera, it really is impacting the bottom line of what you're paying out of your pocket. That's right. I mean, if, and as a matter of fact, if uh, there's an estimate done is uh, billions of dollars is uh, like six billion dollars, six six to eight billion dollars is is uh, on, on fraud claims alone in, in uh, fire and, and other fraud. And so um, the even at uh, sometimes let's say somebody wants to burn their house or their business and they they're not very sophisticated in setting a fire. Well, what happens is they, they cause some damage, but if you get the right people like the people we have on the show here mm-hmm. in there to mitigate the damage, they don't get to realize what they're going after, which is the profit, which is generally a, mo- a monetary reason for that. But, uh, yeah, so if you get the right people and you know who to call, and uh, then that's, uh, uh, that's, that's important. Now, um, now, let's talk about the reason. Uh, re- you know, like remodeling or restructuring. Uh, do, does, does your your company also do remodeling? I mean, do do they contract to 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 you know replace uh, gypsum board walls and stuff like that? Yeah, we we do that. It's not necessarily remodeling. Everything that that we're involved in, ninety five percent of the time is insurance related. Um, like any any situation, if somebody has a kitchen fire. And uh, and Mike, I know all of your wives always like to remodel their kitchen. Uh, <laughs> that time they'll, they'll, they will take the opportunity at that time that all of a sudden you want to change the color or or you want different cabinets when the insurance company may have only you know paid to clean them up or and restain them or whatever. They may take the opportunity to uh, to go ahead and replace cabinets. Get get something new in there. But the bulk of all the work that we do is insurance-related one way or the other. Um, we do have clients uh, 
apartment complexes and various things that uh, will hire us to do make readies, uh, students moving out of apartments and, and we're in there cleaning carpets and repainting and, and doing those types of things. But um, I'd say 95% of it's insurance related. So, Well, most of my wives, uh, of the many, usually um, <laughs> wanted to, they, the way they remodeled was they removed me from their presence. That's the first thing. <laughs> And then permanently. And, and then, and oh then, my! And then take the house and car and you know. And your money and remodel. Yeah, but oh. And then, oh yeah. yeah, it's great. You get, I you get, I. You know, I get need to write car. this down. I like this concept. <laughs> well, you see, I, well, the way my wife looked at it, it was like a serving a sentence. Okay, you had a certain amount of time. You know, they had to serve it that sentence, and then they got paroled. And the way they got paroled was, uh, it's called divorce. Anyway, go ahead. And, uh, okay, so now, Julie, do your people do remodeling? No, we would very much, uh, a lot of what uh, Rodney said just as well, um, a lot of different ways of, of how we help folks, but usually the majority and that 90-plus percentile is always with an insurance-related work. If not, and it's not covered like we're talking about, we've had the recent floodings and things, then absolutely we guide and assist and we'll work with someone, but pretty much all of it really is more related to insurance. Um, insurance work, and then those remodeling type opportunities are are just like he mentioned as well. Where we'll see a lot of differences in what they want to make, or even add on, if that would be remodeling. But they've they've started with something of of disaster and a need and a need to do it instead of I'm thinking about doing it in the spring. Yeah, I got you, um, Rod. Did, uh, let me, let me yeah, okay. So I go to a fire scene and I need some emergency lighting, and you you guys have. Uh, and so I'm sure Jolie's firm, same thing. Um, you, you've got the resources, right, to even because the fire department turns off the utilities, both the electric and gas and stuff like that. So um, so you guys have, can get us out there, get us generators, get us lights uh, and all that other stuff, can't you? Right, right. We've, we've got uh, relationships with various equipment suppliers for generators, uh, desk and dehumidifiers, uh, electricians that we call, we work with regularly, that understand we're 24-7, and, and uh, we may be calling them. So after you wake me up at 2 in the morning, uh, I'm on the phone waking them up. Oh, that's a great idea. And, yeah. And, and Julie, I work, I work stuff, that, you know, we work things in the, in the middle of the dead of winter. Uh-huh. And, I, and and so you guys can re- respond also. I, I had one fire scene where we had to actually uh, put tarps over it uh, and then put in some furnaces to melt the debris so that we could just get, you could do that too, couldn't you? Absolutely, whatever that need may be. And as well as that, this being able to have sister franchise locations locally owned to just be a phone call away of, you know, that phone ringing at 2 a.m. if we need, whether that's assistance, uh, equipment, you name it, to be able to be here by first thing in the morning as well or as soon as need to be. So it's always being able to resource within our own family of families, if you will, so it's not extra contracted out by whomever, you know, might be. Now, yes, we have those same local relationships like Rodney spoke of where we're calling our electricians and such. I'm just talking about actual uh, boots in the boots on the ground, being able to being able to have quick response right away. In addition to our already large staff, and a lot of times, I, it, and I want to put out there that to to general public that again, 
you have a fire, you have a, a water incident, you have something, the quicker that you move and, and call someone, the better uh, to, to prevent things like mold, uh, your contents, your, we'll call them items, your, the things that you love. Um, and they can help you. These people can go out and help you uh, with what we call inventory. Inventory meaning actually looking for things. Let's say you have jewelry, you have photographs, and they're in here. And, and these are the people that can also help you locate things. Is that right? That is correct. Uh, a lot of times now we see in our area uh, hoarding where there's so much excessive content a lot of different reasons or ways we can help with either removal or or demo or relocation or, or in those kind of matter-of-fact ideas where somebody might have a list to say we need these six items. Um, many different resources on things like that with excessive content or content in general on a normal scale. And I know, Rodney, you've used it, I'm sure, when you were an adjuster. Uh, you you called and asked for those services for location and things items too, right? Absolutely. In fact, I used to call Belfour. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so that, that's where I ended up. But, uh, yeah, I, I like to tell people the faster that you call us, the, fast, the faster that we'll be leaving. So uh, you can get back to your life. Yeah, well, you've, you've got, a, you said, 130 offices. Are yours? Uh, 20. 120 offices. Yeah. Is, that, is, is, it, is it franchise? What, what have you got? No, we're, we're wholly owned. Our home office is in Birmingham, Michigan. And uh, it, it, the company began in Germany and came over to the United States, and we're still uh, have a relationship with with the German company. But uh, we're Belfour USA, housed in Birmingham, Michigan, and we actually have I want to say ten or twelve offices in Canada now. So we're moving moving north. Let's see. Well, well, I don't want to go up there. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so cool. um, yeah. Yeah, it's a little chilly. And what about you, uh, Julie? Uh, are, are, yours, uh, are you a franchise situation or yes, what? Yes, we are part of franchises. There's over about 365 and locally owned, nationally recognized. Uh, so, yes, so we're able to help out, like I said, all, all over and, and throughout U.S. And, and a Canada location as well. Well, we're going to make you more, both of you, more nationally recognized. This is an international show, and your faces will go up on the website, so they'll be recognizing you everywhere. So that means, Rodney, you can't go in those bars anymore. Yeah. Yeah, well, if I could just ask one thing, if, if you're international, could it be the Bahamas or someplace like that? that ooh. You... Ooh, ooh, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I keep, I keep throwing myself on the sword. Rodney saying, wants that to a clock call. I, I want to take those Hawaii. I want to take those Hawaii losses, but they yeah. Won't well, if we knew anyone, uh, we'd have them on the show, and I'd go down and interview them personally. Yeah, well, I, I do have an office, so I could probably hook you up, and uh, as long as you promise to take me, Donna. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to see. Deal. Now, now we have we have an international office. We really do. We had, I, I was not kidding about the the people in Tokyo. Uh, that was terrific, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, we have in Kiev and, and Vietnam and Poland and, and of course, the U.K. And, and all these people are listening. But not the Bahamas. But not the Bahamas. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, but, uh, but anyway, so all over, uh, and, and they give us analytics where they we can tell where people are listening. So uh, all those people out there that said they were going to listen to the show, I know whether or not you did it or not. <laughs> 
Okay, because right. I even I even know what cities are. We're listening. tracking. Yes, we're tracking. We're you. tracking. We you. can't. We don't have our, your email address, but that I can work on that. But anyway, so in, in closing here, um, I'll give you both a chance to say something. Uh, uh, just uh, you got about a, a minute. Uh, go ahead, Julie. You're a lady. You first. <laughs> Uh, well, just I thank you so much for your time, this time today, and just reaching out to folks to help, whether it's prevention or whether it's responding, uh, to be there to help those in need in their time of distress, disaster, shock, uh, you name it, 24-7, and no job is too big or too small. And if it's not right here in our area, I'm happy to help connect you, uh, be able to assist you in where we can help you from one of our sister companies. Thank you. Thank you. And Rodney, go ahead, sir. Hey, it's been a blast. Uh, enjoyed the, the discussions about what I am passionate about. Um, but, yeah, we'll uh, be glad to help you anywhere, anytime. You can just call 1-800-800-BELFOR or 1-800-856-3333. And uh, Belfour is... you to the appropriate place. How do you spell Belfour? B-E-L-F-O-R. Now, Julie, go ahead. Give us your 800 number, whatever. Yes. Well, we're, I've got a local number, and right here in southwest Missouri is 417-725-7575. Okay. The online internet, www.pdrspringfield.com, and Facebook page of Paul Davis Restoration, Missouri. Thank you both so much. Thank you both. It's been a pleasure. And it's been a pleasure for to both of you. Now, I hope uh, people have learned to, who to call here. Now, to, now coming up um, next week, and we're hoping to have um, uh, John Lightbody, uh, who is part of the um, Ocean County uh, Prosecutor's Arson Task Force and, uh, and an attorney uh, talking about, and that's in New Jersey. Uh, hopefully we have them. And um, in the upcoming shows, we have Rick Wynn, who was the uh, assistant uh, prosecuting a, uh, district attorney in Johnson County when a large case of Deborah Green, a Dr. Deborah Green killed her children in an arson fire. Um, Ann Rule, God bless her soul, wrote a book about it called uh, uh, Bitter harvest, and so as a, and so we um, were. I was on that case too, and so we'll talk about that. And we have some other uh, upcoming shows that will. Uh, we're going to have an an engineering show about sprinklers that we talked about earlier. About. And I also have a claims examiner coming on. I'm really excited about. She's been in the business for years and in overseas. Anything from liability, segregation to arson. So, well, that's fantastic. Well, see, okay, so you need to come back every week, and when you do come back, come back to speaking of fire. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning into Speaking of Fire. Please join your hosts, Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram, for another edition of our program next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember to be careful this week and every week.